I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Good evening, Anwar. Hello, hello, Fairlith. And hello, everybody listening. Welcome to Discast this week. It's going to be... A, a sassy episode, I guess. A little sassy. Probably sassy. I mean, like, because I know, like... My, my Disney news is sassy. Well, the Disney news is going to be <laughs> sassy, which is great. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not sassy in general. We'll see We'll see how we feel when we get there. Yes. Um, all right. So, our first Disney news is not sassy. We were just um, experiencing together the release of um, a little clip, a little taste, not a lot of detail, but just enough to get us excited about the new anthem composed for the uh, 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, which, of course, starts this October 1st and will run for 18 months at that uh, park complex. Yes. Now, of course, uh, when we say the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, we don't actually mean the entirety of the park because, of course... You know, Epcot and Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios weren't constructed until later after the Magic Kingdom, Mm -hmm. which was the first of the four Disney parks to be opened in Disney World. Mm -hmm. Uh, So technically, this is the 50th anniversary of specifically the Magic Kingdom. But I think what I think they're just kind of lumping it all together and being like, it's the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World kind of thing. Because I mean, like, Mm -hmm. if they really wanted to, they could probably celebrate like four different 50th anniversaries. I mean, I'm sure they'll do something for all the other 50th anniversaries. If it'll get more people there and they can sell more merch, then they're going to do it. True. And like... I'm sure we'll hear about it. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm not complaining. Because like, I want sparkles. True. I want pins. All the sparkles. <laughs> I want parties. Uh, I think it's just like... Yeah, like... They... I, I think it's worth celebrating it because, you know, Disney World is a pretty big it's a big feat it's a really big accomplishment i think uh just in terms of in in terms of theme parks just as a whole i think just because of the amazing stuff that they've been able to accomplish and the amazing stuff that they've done in the parks uh i think is certainly something worth celebrating i think think. so because you know we've had like some amazing innovations just from uh, just from Disneyland itself, right? Oh, yeah. Like, if I wasn't planning this epic trip, I just, like, couldn't wait any longer. Like, I did want to go to Disney World to celebrate the 50th anniversary, but, like, you know, since the Tron coaster won't be open, I'm, I'm not going to go. But I had yeah. been thinking about it. I thought it would be really exciting. And if the Tron coaster was open, I would definitely find a way, but I need to ride that Tron coaster. Yeah, but also Disney World is just, because we're on the other side of, we're on the Pacific side, it's a much bigger, uh, it's a much bigger feet just careful with the cable oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh it's just a much bigger feat to get out that way right because mm-hmm. you gotta fly cross continent and then you gotta fly south yep like it's a it's a hell of a trip and you gotta stay on property or suffer. pretty much i mean like your best choice is staying on property really yeah well i mean like if and you're like going if to disney world and you're not staying on property you're you are going to suffer well, because you've traveled all that way, you might as well. You might as well. I mean, the th- it's the size of San Francisco. What are you going to do? Travel to San Francisco and stay in freaking Sacramento? No, you're not. <clears throat> no, you're not. You're going to stay in San Francisco. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, the, they're 
it was just a little taster teaser just to kind of give us a hint that they're making us a very special yeah. score for the 50th anniversary. With a choir. With a choir and, and everything. Flutes. Uh, I I just wonder what they're, like, is this is this going to be for the fireworks at the end of the night? Um, Do you think? Gosh, I guess. I guess it must be. What else? Maybe the parade. The, they, are they doing a special parade? I'm sure they are. They might do a special parade. Yeah, 50th anniversary parade. Maybe it'll be used in everything. It'll be used in, like, advertisements and the fireworks and the... And Maybe, the, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Who knows? But I'll bet they'll use it as much as they can. Well, of course. Um, the song was written by platinum-selling songwriter and music producer Elena de Fonseca. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's collaborating with award-winning composer Emily Bear. And uh, Journey, uh, J-O-U-R-N-I, not the band from the 80s. <laughs> For a second I was like, wait, Journey? No, uh, Journey is a singer that I haven't heard of because I'm not cool enough, but mm. um, pretty exciting. Uh, the song is called The Magic is Calling. Mm. And um, it's a combination of a choir, Journey's vocal performance, um, De, uh, Elena De Fonseca's sort of pop music style, and then Emily Bear's orchestration. So it should be pretty epic. Or a cacophony, but probably epic. I think it'll. I think it'll lean more. More towards epic. More epic for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. They yeah. know what they they're doing. Um, so that's really nice, and that's exciting, and I'm I'm always excited for more uh, Disney tunes to add to my playlist. So mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very eager to hear the full version of that. Yes. Um, we wanted to give you a little clip, but uh, the teaser is very teasy and doesn't give us more than like a bar at a time. It so does, yeah, it gives almost nothing. It's really just them talking about how excited yeah. they are for it. Yeah, there's a song coming, and here's a flute trill. Pretty much, that's yeah. it. I'll put the link to the video in the in the show notes at the very least, so that Sweet. you can all watch it yourselves. But it's yeah, don't expect like to actually hear what it sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you you hear a little bit of that Disney magic, and that's yeah, really I mean, cool. I mean, that's really all we want, isn't it? No, I want the Tron coaster. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> that's fair. Someday I'm gonna ride that Tron coaster. <laughs> I was um, watching, uh, I don't know if we talked about Behind the Attractions, the new mm-hmm. uh, series on Disney+. Plus. Did we talk about that? We didn't talk about it, but like I know that we've... Oh my uh, god, why aren't we talking about it? It's fabulous. It's, it's so very good. good. It's so good. I was watching the Space Mountain one last night mm-hmm. uh, that talks about the Tron coaster at the end. I know it's a commercial. I know what it's for, but oh, I'm hyped. They're all... The, behind the Attraction and the Imaginary Story are basically both just super, super long documentary styles commercials yeah but i don't care i love it i love it give it to me give me more if you release another season of behind the attractions i'll watch them all twice oh yeah i mean because like they can easily talk about so many other attractions mm-hmm. right like it's a, like they, they still haven't talked about pirates indiana jones indiana jones there's lots of different versions of both of those rides yeah. and i mean that's the really cool thing about behind the attractions if you haven't seen it yet is um the haunted mansion episode it doesn't just talk about the haunted mansion at disneyland it talks mm. about every haunted mansion um from mystic manor mystic manor um phantom manor all of them and and so on and so forth on the list. They do Jungle Cruise, Haunted Mansion, Star Tours slash Galaxy's Edge, which is really a Galaxy's Edge commercial, but no one's complaining. Um, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, mm-hmm. uh, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout as an extension of them Space Mountain. So they're each a 40-minute episode. I really recommend them. Um, hashtag not sponsored by Disney. True. And especially if you're somebody who's really into just, like, learning more about how these attractions were made and just how they evolved. Yeah. Like, like for example, like, how Star Tours evolved from mm-hmm. what it was initially into 
them being like, oh, hey, now we can do more since, you know, they acquired the rights for for, for Star, Star Wars. Wars and just the technology yeah. going further. I didn't even, do you know, I didn't know C-3PO was on the ride now. Sorry if that's a spoiler for you, mm-hmm. but I knew they had taken um, Rex, Rex Rex out of the ride, uh, which was disappointing because it was uh, Paul Rubens' voice, but I just thought they replaced him with another little random droid. No, I didn't know it was 3PO. That's super cool. Yeah. I, I love that. That's very yeah. exciting. With so, the voice of Anthony yeah. Daniels. So neat. I sometimes um, forget that I have been to the park more recently than you, so I've yeah. seen more updates. The last time <laughs> I went to Disneyland was 2010, and it's just not out of my system right now. Do you realize? It's 2021 right now. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go. Oh, man. You'll go. It's okay. I'll go. You'll go. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. So I didn't know about this. It's not really Disney news, but I just thought you'd be interested, whoever you are. Um, I heard on that episode about Space Mountain, the original theme for Space Mountain, the surf rock sci-fi theme for Space oh Mountain. Oh, Oh, that hit me right where I live. I'm pointing to my sternum. Like, I want that so bad. Like, I love um, the theme compared composed by, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Who's the fellow who uh, composed the Incredibles score? Oh. Michael. Uh, um, Giacchino? No. Giacchino, yes. Oh, I was right. Oh. I did um, it. I was right. <laughs> you were amazing. Uh, his score is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love surf rock sci-fi so much. It's I a don't. Hell of a blend. Oh, I don't know how they found the perfect the perfect thing. That's all I want in my life is like to be Judy Jetson. <laughs> oh, oh. So I'm gonna download That's an that. Exactly. In fact, I'm going to download it right now while I'm talking so I don't forget because I want it so bad. <laughs> oh, Space Mountain, Surf, Rock, very yes now. <laughs> That's what I've written. And I got what I wanted. Good. I did it. I did it. Hooray. Um, all right. I've gotten off track. I haven't complained about Bob Chapek yet. Nope. So it's not really a podcast until I do. It is. Well, it's now time to complain about Bob Chapek. All right, Bob Chapek. I know you're listening. My first question, how dare you? My second question, what's your deal? Um, okay, it's so funny. I want to share with you. I didn't write this joke, but the headline on Gizmodo today is Disney CEO doubles down on hybrid movie releases as he counts massive pile of money, which is hilarious to me. Um, as we were speaking about on the podcast last week, uh, Scarlett Johansson sued the Walt Disney Company for breach of contract as she was promised a percentage of the box office of Black Widow and it was released simultaneously in theaters and streaming services. I mean, I, I, I see both sides there because, like, mm-hmm. obviously, movie ticket sales are very limited right now, and some people yeah. aren't going to the movies and all. Um, but Bob Chapek's opinion. Let me find the quote here. Um, Disney boss Bob Chapek said that the company has, quote, entered hundreds of talent arrangements with other talent since, uh, unquote, since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, and said that... By and large, quote, they've gone very, very smoothly, so we expect that that would be the case going forward, unquote. Although uh, Johansson was not explicitly mentioned in his um, thoughts on talent being compensated fairly, it was clear who he was passive-aggressively talking (laughs) about. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Like, it's no secret that I don't like Bob Chapek, or Bob Iger, or Michael Eisner, or most people who have run Disney since it's not a member of the Disney family anymore. Uh, But I, I just, this fascination with profits above people and all else is not just messing up his relationship with problematic actresses, but also like messing up 
what Disney parks are supposed to be. And I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate paying for fast passes. I think that's ridiculous and insane. I don't appreciate being gouged for things that are just like being nickeled and dimed to death. Average people should be able to enjoy Disneyland. It shouldn't be a once in a lifetime trip. It should not have to be. It's supposed to be a place where everybody can have fun as a family. And I I just think they've lost their direction so badly. Mm -hmm. And the Imagineers are making the best of what they're given. And Mm -hmm. I have no complaints about the Imagineers whatsoever. But I think Bob Chapek, like, I think, like, I would like you to answer for your crimes, Bob Chapek. I can be reached here in the social media. I don't like you. Yeah. And if you want me to like you, you'll have to call me on the phone because I've pretty much made up my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's true because like we want we want Disneyland to feel like what it was all supposed to be a place where families could go and enjoy a day at the fair with their kids in a positive safe clean environment Mm -hmm. immersive environment immersive environment right i mean like it's in walt's opening speech of opening day exactly is you this disneyland is your land which is a plaque that you can find or if you know morse code you can hear it in the park yeah like the 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 speech is there engraved on a plaque in the middle of the beginning of Main Street, the beginning like of Main Street, where that lamppost flagpole is. Yeah, yeah, and like it, it's it's just a real shame to have these uh, just old white men just yep. sitting in their tower, being like, "It's going to be all about profit and, yeah. and whatever." It's like, okay, cool, we get it. We want profit and we want things to you know be profitable, but yeah, but can't we have a capitalist who's an artist? Can't you also just make art make art that's the thing and i mean that's a actually a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about next but i have mm. more news first um i've i've been tra- uh, trawling not trolling but trawling mm. t-r-a-w-l i would never troll mm-hmm. the disneyland subreddit as i do because uh, of my upcoming trip and the things being constant flux because of covid and um i just wanted to share that the current estimates are they're allowing 50 percent capacity at disney parks um Mm -hmm. no one knows exact capacity numbers of disneyland they do not release that stuff and um on the phone helplines they will not tell anyone what the current capacity is but people who go a lot are saying it feels like 50 percent is being allowed in the parks right now which i feel is really positive i feel really happy about um i know it won't be that way forever no uh because bob chapek i know you're listening I know you care about profits over people. I know your deal. I read all your articles. But um, that sounds positive to me, that they're not just letting everybody back in willy-nilly after a global pandemic. And I think um, I'm concerned about going to Disney parks in the future with them being so expensive and pricing me out of feeling good about buying tickets to them. So Mm -hmm. if this year I get to go with a reduced capacity with some friends and experience it that way, I'll I'll feel very grateful for that, Mm -hmm. at least. Um, so yeah, just, you know, um, it looks, people are speculating at least that until 2022, the parks will be operating at 50% capacity. Mm-hmm. Also, there's no trams from the parking lots right now. So if you do happen to be going, bring your comfy shoes. Yes. Well, you should always just wear comfy shoes. Wear comfy shoes. In general, because you do a lot right? of walking. I see all these influencers in heels and I guess they must be <laughs> annual pass holders who just go in and take a picture and leave, but like, damn. Or just like 
go take their pictures with the heels and then <gasps> take and them And put them in their bag. Very clever. Oh because you're right. Who in their right mind would walk around Disney for the whole fucking day Mm-mm. in heels? I mean, it you're looks fabulous. Out you're out of your mind. Absolutely. Or, you know what? If you want to do it with, like, your Disney bound, do it in, like, with, like, a little kitten heel. Yeah. With, like, a lady, tiny little, like, one or two inch. Mm-hmm. Don't go with your four or five inch fucking... Absolutely. Stiletto pumps. You're just you're you're insane. Totally agree. I actually for my trip I bought low rise um, white sneakers covered in silver rhinestones, and Ooh, I figure those will look fine with a dress. Fabulous. Yeah, I think that'll be fine. That's what I recommend you do. Don't be that. Don't wear heels to Disneyland. No. I know they hurt your feet because I have also worn heels, and I you can't fool me. Mm-hmm. I have also worn heels, and yeah. yes, they hurt can't after fool a while. Me. After a while, like yeah, <laughs> wear it to your event or whatever. Are you hearing me, Bob Chapek? Don't wear your heels. <laughs> Specifically, Bob Chapek, don't wear your heels. Don't wear your heels, Bob Chapek. Um, oh, another thing, Trader Sam's is taking reservations for lunch and dinner, but anything walk-up bar, bar service is no reservation, so you have as good a chance of just, like, going and getting in as, ah. as at any normal restaurant. So I'm very happy about that, because mm. I dream of going to Trader Sam's. Now I'm out of Disney news. Uh, I got a couple little quick bullet points. Hit me. Um, it seems that uh, Disney Parks is has been profitable for the first time since COVID-19 for a yeah. while. So maybe that's, I mean, this is the optimist in me, of course. Maybe with the increased price, this is a way of them trying to, like, get some of that money back that they lost over the course of the year. And mm. then, you know, maybe they'll lower the price. Probably not. But again, <laughs> this, is, this is the optimist in me. Can you imagine them lowering the price? That would be magical. Go ahead. But also, they would, I mean, like, they would get a bunch of more people. It's true. Anyway. But I mean, like, do they care or do they just care that people will pay the prices and it's just the elite and the rest of us can fry? Yeah, that's probably it. I'm not that elite. <laughs> not in real life. Um, masks are required again at Disney World. Probably because Florida is... Even outside? Bonkers. I mean, I'm not sure if it's outside or not. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, but it's just because Florida is awful. Florida right is awful. Yeah. Um, and Disney requires cast members to get vaccinated. Good. So it seems like they're going to be mandating that, which is you excellent. Know, good. I and am thrilled. Yeah. So that's kind of like it, really, for just like the quick Disney news. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Should we talk about this film? Yeah. Go so ahead. talking about um, uh, art for profit's sake, I suppose. Uh... Well, because like, here's the thing: is that this movie, when this movie was released, so we're we're talking about the Lady and the Tramp live action version. When this movie was released, it wasn't released under behind a paywall. No, it wasn't. But it was part of the um, the paywall was buying Disney Plus because it yeah. was part of the original. The only way to get access to this movie was getting Disney Plus. So if yeah. you look at it that way, it was supposed to be incentive to buy the and service. But like, what a weird thing. That was an incentive for me. It incentive wasn't an incentive for me. For me either. <laughs> this is the first time I watched this movie. Yeah, incentive for me for buying Disney Plus was the fact that I was going to be able to get the the massive library yeah. that is under the Disney property. I wanted to watch Sleeping Beauty. I don't know. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all in all, I thought this movie was cute. Um, I do think it, I do think it lacks a little bit of, you know, for lack of a better phrase, the magic that the original one had. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Okay, here's the thing about... Uh, I guess we call it photorealistic animation because it's not exactly CGI. I guess it is CGI, but like, what would you call it? It's CGI doesn't describe what we're looking at. Well, because it's a combination. I think you're right in photorealistic only because like there are moments where it's a real dog and then yep. moments when it's not. 
Yeah, they have they have real dogs playing playing. I think most of the dogs. I don't know about all of them. But, pretty much um, all. Pretty much all of them. I think. I think maybe the yeah. only fully CGI dogs are like the two tiny puppies. They're so cute, tiny puppies. <laughs> but I just, I really, I'm really a champion of two D animation. Like I'm <laughs> a champion of it. Like I advocate for it. But mm. um, I really like it, and I also think it it tells a better story. I have never since I was a child enjoyed things like um the impossible journey and i know is that what it's called the the one where like the three animals get lost and they have to the go forbidden on, journey the forbidden journey no what no the one with the three homeward bound homeward bound what am i thinking of anyway what are we talking about I know. the forbidden the journey we'll, we'll write the forbidden journey <laughs> um i've never really been a fan of those kinds of movies myself because the animals can't make expressions uh-huh. But that's just my personal that's my personal preference. And but it, it follows with things like the live action, I'm doing air quotes, live action, Lion King, and this is I just enjoy the two D versions much better. I find yeah. them much more charming and much more expressive and telling more story. And I found in this there was so much of the dogs giving exposition for how they were feeling because they were not able adequately to express it mm-hmm. with their 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 expressions and unfortunately that meant for that made for a really clunky script yeah it you're right because like there were moments where like i think i think where it kind of lost it for me was in the second act after lady has uh been lost to the streets tramp is you know trying to get her home there's like the whole big sequence where it's kind of like a romantic day out for the two of them. And like that whole sequence that basically led up to the, uh, the magical dinner scene, you know, the one that we all know with Bella Nota and everything, yeah. basically like everything that led up to that was, it really did feel kind of unnecessary. Yeah. I think. I agree. Right. It just felt like it was like, okay cool like i get it you're trying to show that they're building a relationship and everything you're you can you're trying to show that they're getting some sort of connection and you're building and something and all that but then it just felt it it didn't feel forced but it also didn't feel natural i mean it felt a little forced to me just the nature of it existing why did this movie need to be made um, but oh, I, yeah, no, I, like, I mean, I feel that about all the the Disney remakes, honestly. So. Yeah, just blanket. Just yeah, just blanket. Why? And I know the reason. Bob Chapek. <laughs> um, but it's like, did, did was it because the original movie was racist? And like, there was a lot of diversity in this movie. And mm-hmm. like, I looked up quickly the opinion of um, the internet in general, and a lot of them were like, "PC bullshit! How dare you have an interracial couple in 1909?" Uh, but like, you know, like, okay. Okay. Um, interracial couples existed, everybody. They were just illegal. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not even sure if they would have. Like, I literally just don't know what the law would have been at that time. I'm sure you're right. Well, I, uh, interracial marriage wasn't legalized until like the mid 20th century. Oh yeah. Pretty sure, because I remember like when um, when gay marriage was being put forward in the states, they were using examples of the things that they had said mm-hmm. about interracial marriage. Yeah. And being and equating them to the to the arguments for uh, being against gay marriage. Oh yeah! Wow, 
Yeah. It became legal throughout the United States in 1967. Yeah. But regardless, like, interracial relationships have existed nonetheless. Yes. And um, I just think, like, it's it's such a bad, ugly look to get mad about diverse casting in films. But also, <laughs> but also, why are you mad in the first place? Just relax. This just movie, relax. Just who cares? Who cares? <laughs> exactly. It's a fucking fantasy. It's about talking dogs. It's about talking dogs. It's about talking dogs. <laughs> Um, For God's so, sake, like, relax. Absurd. And, of course, people got mad that We Are Siamese was cut, and the new song is not as catchy, admittedly, because I don't remember it now. Um, but I'm glad, because, mm-hmm. like, that's the thing. It's like, the original Lady and the Tramp is perfect, except for that sequence. Yeah. And it's it's ten times, ten million times better than this film. It is. It's <sighs> like, because I, I, to your point, I think you're right. Like, in, in the moment in the animated film, in the animated version, when Tramp and Lady were having their romantic day out, quote unquote, when they were uh, wandering around, oh, they, and they, they put their paw prints in the. It sun. felt so much cuter because, like, so you cute. had the beautiful music and the long eyelashes on that cocker spaniel, right? And mm-hmm. because, because they were able to express the emotion, they were able to show exactly. rather than tell. Exactly, right? exactly, and it just and it's very important it, in film. Yeah, and it made it feel so much more natural and so much better because in yeah. this one. It's just it's just a lot of them try, almost trying to justify this relationship that they're trying to build. Yeah, right. Exactly. It 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 was I I didn't feel chemistry from them because they could not adequately make facial expressions, and honestly, photorealistic animals talking is a, a little off putting to me. Here's another thing that was off putting to me: like Lady and the Tramp is inherently not a feminist story. But I'm okay with it because it, it is a product of its time. Mm-hmm. A lot of those old movies are not very feminist, like any any of them. They're just not. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lady and the Tramp is very specifically, um, not satirizing, but paying homage to um, a, a common trope in movies where like an upper crust lady will meet, well like in Titanic, mm-hmm. will meet a scrappy young man and he'll teach her how to have fun and, and live life to the fullest. And that's what Lady and the Tramp is. But in... Um, feministing uh, lady whose name is Lady. The point is that she's very fancy and, and like a, not fussy exactly, but like innocent to the ways of the world. She's they're Rose and Jack. They're supposed to be Rose and Jack, yeah. but they're both spunky off the hop, and mm-hmm. it didn't work for me. Mm, um, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, like you know, it's it's a that that trope and that that plot is a relic for sure. But if you're gonna retell it, like it does not work if the characters don't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel honestly from Lady like she was a lady or wanted to be a lady and even if she wanted to be a lady and then became scrappier throughout the film I would have bought that mm. but um, I was a little disappointed in that choice yeah because a lot of her motivation is just basically like af- after she after she escapes the the pet store where Aunt Sarah puts the muzzle on her yes what a wench like we all know Aunt Sarah's the worst yeah that was handled funnily but we'll get to it yeah uh, basically from that moment Till she finally gets picked up from the pound, her whole story is just to get home. Mm-hmm. Which I get, because, like, you know, she misses home. She wants to go home to her people, mm-hmm. to, you know, to her family and everything. And, but it's like you can you can do more, I guess. I, I mean, like, I think it's more than... I don't want just the simple, predictable plot line yeah right it was deeply predictable yeah it's like okay i get it lady wants to go home yeah and like even the moments where she's like kind of being 
you know, she's starting to appreciate Tramp showing her all of the other things to do. They re- they were super pushing uh, her still wanting to get home. When whereas I think what they could have done was really just made her really appreciate you know Tramp's side. Yeah. Right, and be like, you know what? Yeah, I see the value in what in what you have. It was right? honestly. The original is so cunningly written, and it's t- it tells such a tight, succinct story. Yeah, um, it's only an hour. It's only an hour fifteen. Yeah, it's only an the hour original. fifteen, and that's a lot of credits too. Yeah. And this, it was like somewhat. I don't know. It felt that it was so second drafty. Mm. It was very like we need to hit these Disney mandated beats in this storytelling. She has to be more feminist. We need tons of diversity. Mm-hmm. We need the cats to be forgotten from the last movie, <laughs> and it needs to feel like a made-for-TV musical by NBC. Go! Yes. And then they wrote it in a week, and then they filmed it in a month, and then they edited it in three days. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because the animation is beautiful, even though it's not my favorite style. I, I respect that it's it's gorgeous and well done. So yes. I don't know, just. The writing to me, and I really noticed writing, was very um, clunky and exposition heavy and not... It's like, clearly, it's it was easier for them to write, oh, there's that dog catcher that's always giving me trouble instead of finding a way to show that. Mm-hmm. And film is a visual medium. It's, it's, it is literally, in a play, you can say that. In a film, you're not supposed to. And mm-hmm. it's Disney. And it's like, I know they can get away with being mediocre, but, like, why would they? And that's because an artist is not running the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, this movie is a full, like, 30 minutes longer yeah. than the original. Why? It's unearned. And that's the thing, is that you don't feel like it needs that extra 30 minutes because... I didn't feel like it gave me more information in 30 minutes. I felt like it beat me over the head with the information I already knew for 30 minutes. Yeah, it really just kind of drove home the fact that it's like, uh, ladies' way of life is the right way. You can and you can, and you should only do this. Mm-hmm. Like they even went, they they even decided to give Tramp more of a backstory by yeah. saying like, oh, he actually had a home, and then he was given up because they had a new baby and stuff right so they were trying to like weirdly justify his whole stance about his distrust of babies and his distrust of people right whereas (laughs) in the original he's just been a street dog the entire time yeah right and so he only knows people from the small number that he's interacted with who have only ever really given him food or have really chased him away he's never been able to actually build any real relationships with humans, right? Exactly. Because they've always been transactional mm-hmm. for the most part. Whereas in this version, them them trying I feel like them trying to justify his opinion, they were trying to build more into his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I almost I don't know, like it it just because you would think that that would be good. That you would think that you would want to have the character be like oh, why is he so against people? But I think because we've already accepted the fact that he's just a street dog and he just loves being on the street, doesn't want to have a home. Yeah. He's a that, that, happy-go-lucky street kid. Yeah, that's already justified. That's fine. That's already justifiable yeah. to his... To he doesn't his, need to be tamed because he knows to he let, knows living on the street. And then he meets the beautiful Rose DeWitt Bucator who's engaged to Billy Zane. And... What? Mm. It's fine. <laughs> what? What? That's the plot of Titanic. Oh. <laughs> 
I haven't I haven't watched Titanic in, in forever. Oh my god, do you want to watch Titanic real quick? I don't think we have three hours. Uh, I mean, if, if you all could answer, I'm sure you'd tell Anwar you would listen to us talk about Titanic for three hours right now. But like, okay. But I see your point. It's like, because then giving him that backstory of like, oh, he actually did have a family is like, okay, so then if he did have a family and he did actually have a great, he knows what Lady is going through because he had that. Yeah. So then why is he so then him being all happy about living on the street is more so just him trying to accept the fact that he feels better being alone because he doesn't want to be in a home anymore. Yeah. It's like, it, it be, I feel like it just becomes too many reasons. Yeah. For well, it's very complex and they don't go into it. Yeah. They don't explore it. And it's like, if you're going to do it, then you need to explore it or you need to admit that the writing is just lazy and heavy handed changes for no reason. And then the, it's only in the one moment. Because yeah. then after, and then we, then we forget about it. Then we forget about it because then everything else is really uh, just about him being a lone street dog. Yeah. Right. Like when when Lee ends up at the pound, uh, Peg and all the other dogs all already know him because they know him mm-hmm. as the street dog. Also, how long has he been on the street for Unclear. them to build for him to have acquired that that amount of reputation? Yeah. If he... Janelle Monet sings about this dog. Right? Yeah. And so, like, how long was he a street dog before them being able to know who he is, mm-hmm. you know, just by mention, right? He has that much of a reputation in the town. Yeah. I feel like if he was a dog that had a family, like, he would have had to be on the street for, what, a few years. A while, yeah. A while. How long do dogs live? 14 years? About that, yeah. yeah. But, like, I feel like him being at home, for him having a home, he would have had to live at the home for, like, a year or two yeah. to have gotten accustomed to it and comfortable and everything. And then, like, maybe another three or four on the street. So, let's say he's a six or seven-year-old dog, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's, Makes like, sense. he's like, middle-aged at yeah. that point, right? And so... Still doing immature stuff, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. <laughs> but I feel like in the original... Him having been a street dog from the get-go, I think, like, as a puppy, growing up on the streets and everything, to me, that just makes more sense. I agree. Right? Yeah, absolutely agree. It's just not necessary. And it's like, these these remakes keep changing things. I'm thinking about Dumbo right now, that are so much. And it's like, again, if you're not trusting the source material, you're not mm-hmm. expanding on what the source material is, and you're just rewriting it again, what's the point of it? And, like, I don't, I don't understand this at all. I think it's a very... Shitty way of making art. I think part of it has to do with the fact that we're we live in a time where movies are generally roughly two hours long. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you're gonna write a movie, it has to be this number of pages in order to have this limit this this time limit. Yeah. And so I think that work I think that works to a detriment in some cases, like late like the live action Lady and the Tramp, in that in order for them, especially when they're doing a remake from an original film that was a good portion shorter mm-hmm. the problem then becomes them feeling that they need to justify by filling it with a bunch of other shit that they don't need to mm-hmm. right and so it's like okay so like like in the beauty and the beast right yeah like, there's a whole sequence where in the live action version the beast magically transports bell to oh. an abandoned windmill because her mom was there and that's where they lived and then like to try and be like oh yeah she died of this probably the black plague or something it was yeah there's like a plague mask in there i haven't seen that movie since i saw it in theaters it made me so mad yeah like it's 
Like, oh, we'll talk about Beauty and the Beast. I don't know if you know this about me. I saw Beauty and the Beast 12 times on Broadway. It was one of my favorite shows of all time. Well, it's because the show is great. It's fabulous. It's so good. And the original animated movie is so good. I think the first animated movie ever to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. And they cut all the songs and wrote different songs that suck. Although I am personally a fan of The Beast's one song. Evermore? Evermore. But yeah. that's also because it sits in, like, a really comfortable spot in my range. Beautiful. <laughs> it's it's not that. It's just, like, there are so many beautiful songs from the Broadway production written either by Ashman and Mankin, mm. like Human Again, which was cut from the original film, um, and they didn't use it. They put another song in that place, but yeah. they didn't use Human Again. I didn't get to see Human Again. I was very mm-hmm. mad. Human Again is a great song. Uh, yeah. Oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Anyway, I shouldn't talk about Beauty and the Beast right now, but, like, oh, that live-action remake. Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, and so I feel like... Yeah, just in this one, it's it's longer than it needed to be. It's way longer than it needs to be. It's a simple story. It was written to be a simple story. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think it bears mentioning fat phobic casting in movies, who are the fat characters, the villains. Um, oh, the dog catcher. The dog catcher and Aunt Sarah were the only fat characters in that movie. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's not a lot of characters in the movie, but also it's a common thing in film. Mm-hmm. And like, we don't watch live action movies very often, us too. But I, I always want to point out when they've cast the good characters as thin people and the bad characters as fat people, it is something that you should take note of while you watch films. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, and not, uh, and th- that's really specifically with the human characters. Yes. Like with, with, the, with the canines. You know, Dogs are allowed to be chubby. Yeah. The, the freaking bulldog is just like... It's perfect. Adorable and so cute. great and just yeah. wants to eat food. And honestly, I, 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 can I relate. I relate. Yep, yep, <laughs> I relate yep. with that bulldog. <laughs> uh, speaking of good dogs, Sam Elliott is trusty. He was amazing casting. Perfect. Loved it. Perfect. Amazing. 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 Yeah. Let's t- can we talk about this casting for a second? Yeah, let's talk about the casting. Because, like, it's a pretty solid cast, admittedly. It is stacked. Yeah, like, Aunt Sarah was cat was Yvette Nicole Brown. Love her. Uh, Love Shirley her. from Com- Community, among mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. things. F. Marie Abraham was... Uh, Tony it was Tony, um, and I love F. Murray Abraham. Are you familiar with his work in Amadeus? Yes. Oh, he Amadeus. Was Antonio Salieri in oh, Amadeus. Yeah, so yeah. good. Ken Jong just was just in a role as a doctor. As a doctor, so which, you, which the doctor great. that delivered the baby, who yeah. is a girl baby in this version. Yeah. Sure. I don't think it matters. Girl baby representation. Sure. sure. It's, a, it's literally a coin toss. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, feel, I feel like at that point in the writing process, like if I were writing a script and needed to have a baby born, I'd just like flip a coin and be like, right? cool, heads, boy, tails, girl, cool, done. Yeah. I'm just imagining <laughs> the screenwriter, oh, here's my female representation that was missing in the original. It's a baby. It's a baby. Yeah. Sure. But it's just very funny. Like... Uh, it's it's nice because Ken Jong is of course a medical doctor. He has a, he has a doctorate. Uh, and he had and some quite funny moments in this. Very good. It's like his 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 scene is very short, but it's very good because it's. I feel like I feel like it's just a slight commentary on the fact that doctors probably get get asked like, "Is this not the most beautiful baby you've ever seen?" And I love it. And like, yeah, his his line is like, "Yes, in thirty eight years of me delivering babies, yours is the most beautiful." is the most beautiful I've ever seen. And I, and just in such a deadpan and sarcastic yeah. way, I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Just so, so good. good. I love it. I love it. Um, We have... Uh, Tessa Thompson is Lady. Tessa Thompson is Lady. Yeah. Um, We have... I mean, I know all these people are famous, but I don't know who all of them are. I know Justin Thoreau is famous, but who is he? What's uh, his deal? He's in Justin Thoreau, I... Uh, he's in Mulholland uh, Drive. 
Yes, and Inland Empire, yeah. using a couple of things. Sam Elliott, the star of My Heart, is trusty. Um, Ashley Jensen as uh, Jock, who is a girl in this. Who is a girl in this. Jacqueline. Yes. Um, and she's a real Scottish actress, so that's cool. Jan- Janelle Monet is Peg, that Laza Apso in the who's Peggy Lee in the in the original. Mm-hmm. So he's a tramp, but yeah. we love him. That one. Um, yeah. I like getting Great. to sing on the podcast. Benedict Wong as Bull the Bulldog, with yeah. the most original name of all time. He's mm-hmm. um, the uh, bigger fellow in uh, not Stranger Things. What the fuck is it called? Doctor Strange. Strange. He's Wong. He's Wong. We yeah. love Wong. He's great. Yeah. Uh, yes, and um, oh, th- I think there was like another one that I thought that was pretty great or pretty big. I don't, I don't or see no. anyone else I recognize, but they oh, all Clancy are. Oh, Clancy Brown. Who's Clancy Brown? Clancy Brown was in Shawshank Redemption, Star Trek Troopers. Oh! If you look at his, he's one of those actors where it's like you look at his face and you're like, oh, I've seen him in stuff. I gotcha. He was that mean guy in the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. He was that really mean guard who yeah. Tim Robbins tricked into making him uh, give him beers. I remember that guy. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so, uh, good cast. Uh, I, cast. I did think the arrangement of the Bella Notte song was actually quite nice, but then again, I just that that song just always hits me. Yeah. Like, oh, I liked all the time, music in this every this time. time. Like yeah, it, it's lovely. I can't. I I don't. I never don't feel emotions when I hear that song. I don't really know why. I just feel really, really emotionally attached to it. It's very nostalgic. It's a very beautiful song. Mm-hmm. I also really liked how they incorporated the 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 lullaby. Mm-hmm. Like the la la loo, yeah, la la yeah, I really liked how they incorporated that into some of the score and stuff. Um, also, it's just nice that the baby has a name, I guess. Lulu. Lulu. Yes. <laughs> um, I really like the opening, too. They have a jazz arrangement of uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. It yeah. goes into a jazz version of um, Bella Notte. Yeah. yeah. Um, really, really lovely because uh, it's set in New Orleans, which is cool. Mm hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It's again a very like the original movie of Lady and the Tramp is objectively better. It is mm. objectively better storytelling. It yes. is really a shame that in the middle is the Siamese cats, Cyan M. Like uh, yeah. they're changed to cats named what Devin and Rex in this, I believe. I think it so. Was. Devin and Rex, yeah, they're just tabbies, and they sing a song about. Um, it reminded me of playing with the big boys now from the Prince of Egypt. Oh bit. yeah. But not as good. Uh, but it was it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. The costumes are lovely. Loved mm-hmm. the costumes. Every single one was like, ah, so yeah. good. The set deck was beautiful. Set deck was gorgeous. It looked like a Hallmark movie gone nuts. Like, mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have our friend the beaver, though. Yeah, that was weird. They cut the entire zoo animal sequence. I guess it would have been cheesy. I think it would have been cheesy. And, like, maybe just, like... They would have had to like animate all the animals and all yeah. this other stuff. So it was like, eh, we'll just we'll get rid of the zoo sequence and then we'll just focus more on this on building this relationship between yeah. Lady and Tramp. But imagine they get rid of this whole zoo sequence and this movie still half an hour longer than right? the original. What? Like, that's that's insanity to me. Yeah, that's care. insanity. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, the uh, like, I, I do think it was just interesting how how adamant this dog catcher was about oh. catching Tramp. He like, was he very... Had, like, a vendetta yeah. against this dog. He was a buffoon. Yeah, he was just, like, so committed to catching this damn dog. It was mm-hmm. just, like... He's like, it's okay. It's just a dog. How, how, is he really wreaking that much havoc? He Not really. Seem to be. We he didn't seem see to be. him doing any real crimes. Yeah. The dog and... catcher's just... A bad person. Yeah, and it's funny because like even like when he talks to because because of course uh, Tramp lives in like a train yard, and like 
kind of wanders around uh, the train yard and stuff. All the staff of the train yard all seem to really like him. Yeah. But just the... The dog end, right? The, no, the... Uh, well, yes. But the owner of the train yard, or oh, like, yeah. I guess the foreman or whatever he yeah. is, he apparently really, really hates the dog for some he's, reason. He's sleeping in one of the trains. He's sleeping cars. in like one of the cars that's completely unused. Yeah, so mad. Yeah. So mad it's for like, no reason. Yeah. Like, why are you mad about the dog? He's not, he's not doing anything. Just he's just kind of hanging the, out. Because the plot needs it to happen. I guess. It's, it's, again, lazy writing. You have to justify everything you have when you write a story. Yeah, you have to, to justify it all. With Within this, like, not outside of the story. You have to allow the audience to know that you're justifying it. Mm. Um. Oh, what was that? Oh, yeah, he never, um, he's not a womanizer in this at all, either, Tramp. That's a big problem in the first one is ladies at the pound and they tell him about all, or tell her about all his girlfriends. That doesn't even come up in this one. Yeah, that's true. Although, like, I feel like, I feel like he still would have been. Oh, yeah, he still would have been. It's just like, why did they, they've sanitized it. It's like, yeah. it's, it's a movie where they don't trust children to understand things. And so mm-hmm. it's very, very simple yet convoluted very weirdly because they're not explaining these things that they're adding it's just yeah yeah uh this movie had a budget of 60 million dollars wow which i don't know maybe went the majority well a good portion of it probably went to the actual like cg i guess so and then like maybe more a bunch of it went to like costume and set design mm-hmm. because like those sets were fucking gorgeous i will say totally yeah like, no i absolutely agree with you there yeah I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not much of like a suburban white picket fence kind of guy, but like, if I could have one of those houses, mm-hmm. I would definitely consider it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Okay. Clancy Brown. He's not just Hadley in the Shawshank Redemption or anything. He's Mr. Krabs. Yes. Mr. Krabs. That's what I know him as. It's Mr. Krabs. That's it. Yes, 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 yes. Thank mm-hmm. you. No problem. I didn't know that. I just looked it up. I knew I knew that face. Anyway, uh, of course, we can't really see how much money this movie made because it was never released in theaters. It was only released on uh, Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, released date November 12, 2019, which is like the year, which was like when Disney+, Plus uh, really started. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's not, as, it's not as well done. And I don't like the style of animation, so I'm going to just say I I would rank these movies as... The original first, the second one, not at all, and the sequel, not at all either. Just watch <laughs> the original and um, don't watch it with your children and think about the tropes that they use in it. But, like, God, what a mess. Yeah. I I liked it. I think it's I think it's fine. Like, like, it, I are have, you going to watch it again? Uh, probably not voluntarily. that's the thing right it's like we have to watch it for the podcast so it's like yeah it was okay but like is it something you want to seek out that's a good point yeah yeah i don't mean to interrupt you i'm so sorry no 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 it's fine but you 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 make a good point that like yeah like you're yeah i mean like would i seek this movie out probably not i think i probably will watch lady and the tramp again the original Mm -hmm. once or twice in my life at least because it is very charming and beautiful and i Mm. know that i don't appreciate racist caricatures but i don't think i'll watch this again yeah which is a real shame just because i feel like they could have done so uh, they could have done so much better with it but they could have but also did it did it need to exist Bob Chapek. I don't even know if he did it, but I'm going to blame him Just anyway. blame him anyway. He must have. He it's did everything. It's all his fault. <laughs> yeah. Bob Chapek is the Zodiac Killer. 
Can you imagine? Can That's you, very Can you funny. tell me he's not, definitively? I guess technically I can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, so then, I guess, yeah, just final thoughts are th- this movie was just kind of mediocre. Yep. At best. But, you know, it's all right. Meh. It's, yeah, it's all right. That's really all we can say about it. Dogs are cute. Sam Dogs Elliott, are cute. his voice performance is amazing. I'll watch Sam Elliott do anything. Janelle Monet, I'll watch her do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what's next week, Amor? Uh, next week we are going. We're jumping back onto the Disney Silver Age train. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are doing. I believe it is Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Oh my god. Oh it my is god. Our, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Our next major princess. I love her. And this one's going to be great because this one is just. This one is pure classic Disney. Oh yeah. Like. This one is. This one is going to be. Very very fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I was almost Aurora for Halloween this year, you know. Ooh. Yeah, I, she's my favorite. She's my favorite princess of, like, if I had to only watch one Disney princess movie ever again, I would watch Sleeping Beauty. I love a lot of different Disney princesses. I also like they're all my first best. But if I could only take one to an island with me, it would be Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty is pretty great. Yeah. Just uh, even just like on a visual level, it's fucking oh. gorgeous. It is so beautiful. Well, that's why. It's just like a moving painting to me. And, like, the the songs are so beautiful and stuff. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just, like, this little, like, perfect crystal bell of a movie. Like, oh, yeah. so beautiful. I know it's not very feminist, but, like, we'll talk about that, too. We'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I know people talk about consent and kissing people when they're sleeping. And I guess it teaches children bad things. But if the only <laughs> way to break a spell was for someone to kiss me on the mouth, I'd be like, kiss me on the mouth. I'd yeah. leave a note. <laughs> Do it. it. I'm almost reluctant to say that it would be, like, assumed consent if that's the case. Well, yeah. I mean, I see I see what people are saying about it, but, like, let's get down and dirty into that concept next week. Mm-hmm. And um, in the meantime, stay safe out there, Mouseketeers. Get your vaccines so I can see you at Disneyland. Do that, do that thing. Do that thing. That stuff and thing. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yes, thank you. I got it. Good night, uh, everybody. <laughs> Uh, follow us on social media. Follow us on the socials at cast underscore Diz on Twitter and Instagram and then Facebook.com slash Dizcast. Mer mer. Mer mer. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>